when I was a teenager and uh, early church working days, so I guess like 16 to 20 range, uh, I was completely convinced racism did not exist anymore. I remember having this conversation with a few people who I'll leave nameless, and I legitimately believed that racism was an old problem and that there were still minor cases, but it wasn't uh, a prevalent issue anymore. And I can honestly say that, uh, you know that verse in Proverbs where it says, when I was a child, I thought like a yeah. child. I relate to that. And I, I would say I feel guilty, but I've realized I've just grown. And I've opened my eyes outside of my bubble to realize that there is still a very big issue. And I was speaking from a place of very deep privilege. Mm-hmm. And what's going on right now in the United States is extremely sad. And the fact that we are bringing back a conversation that we had in 2018. Two years ago. To replay for you guys today. Episode 15 uh, is we're actually just doing a repeat of episode 15 with our good friend Brian Gregory. Talking about racism specifically uh, within the church or racism and how the church can help. And Elaine and I were going to get behind the microphones. We were going to record something completely different this week. But honestly, we can't be insensitive to this topic. Well, and we don't want to turn a blind, blind eye to it. We don't want to be ignorant to the issue or pretend that there's nothing going on. It's okay to be at a loss for words because you don't know what to say. But it's not okay to not talk about these issues because you don't want to talk about these issues. And I think that's where I'm at. I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I can just open this up with this. Uh, if you've experienced racism, uh, if you are an African-American and you are having to live through what is going on right now, I'm sorry. And uh, Elaine and I are here to listen. This podcast is open to you to listen and to try to be a solution and to have the conversation because I feel like there's not a ton I can go and do other than just facilitate the conversation and bring awareness. So with that, I'm just going to stop talking about it uh, and let you guys hear this conversation we had back in 2018, episode 15. That would have been what? 4, 8, 12. It would have been like june of 2018 so literally like what 28 two years ago mm-hmm. well yeah because uh, i was gonna say like it, to was past, it was post-graduation uh brian and i had both graduated college that around yeah. the conversation so yeah yeah and so literally two years ago to the month we had this conversation and the fact that we're even having to bring it back makes me so sad but what brian said is so relevant to right now We just couldn't not share it again. So let's just get right to that conversation with Brian Gregory. So my name is Brian Gregory. I'm 22 years old. Uh, I'm trying to think, what is interesting about me? I can quote Lion King word for word. Oh my gosh, Uh, that's awesome. So it is is actually pretty freaky the way I can do it. I'm not going to do it here because if I did, it would just take too long and, you know, whatever, but Hakuna Matata. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's good enough. Um, I see things is I, you know, love Jesus with all my heart and I really think that, you know, uh, I really appreciate like what y'all are doing because it's kind of like some of the things, same things me mm-hmm. and Ashton do in terms of just like really trying to like voice like the trying to put like the millennial voice on the church, yeah, you know, and just trying to, I hate like the branding that people do sometimes, but really just trying to get trying to like make the church understand that we can't just ignore things or we can't just put things in a back burner. So like, that's what I'm all about is looking like to challenge the body of Christ, you know, because if it's going to be perfected, if it's going to be his bride, you know, I think that we have, we have to always be looking to do that in every way possible. And so yeah. that's kind of my stick, my shtick. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have she she's actually in Africa right now, but I have an amazing girlfriend, Folly, of two years. I'm the oldest of six kids. Oh wow. Uh yeah. So shout out to my dad's a pastor and stuff. So I'm a PK and yep. you know, all that different <laughs> stuff. I get all I get 
everything when political being a political scientist made you get oh are you gonna go into politics you're gonna run for office you're gonna be president which i hate that question are you gonna be president like that's like literally like if you're gonna be if you're a political science major like that literally is the dumbest and stupidest question yeah. you're gonna ask odds are you're not gonna know a president like right because there's only gonna be one every four or eight years and it's only been 44 of them or actually 45 uh so like that's one thing and then too like why, why put all that pressure? Mm-hmm. And right. then being the oldest son of a pastor is always is always like, oh, you're going to be the next pastor of this church. Like, I mean, <laughs> not that I'm against it. You know, the Lord's will be done. Yeah. The Lord's will be done. But my own personal opinion is, no, I do, would not want to be a pastor. Yeah. Right. There's way too much pressure. Oh, yep. yeah. Um, you know, so you get both sides of the of the. Oh, we're going to put you on a pedestal. Hey, man, you're way up there on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. But I, in in many ways, I kind of seek it out. So that's my own fault. So, yep. you know. Uh, so tell us a little about your podcast. Mm. Uh, we've made mention of it once because uh, of uh, an awesome thing you wrote in. And uh, that was on our, what, that was like two episodes ago on yeah. the What Isn't Community episode. Mm-hmm. So they heard from you. So guys, if you go back and listen to that and we say, hey, Brian Gregory said this. That's uh, the man sitting in the hot seat right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in the hot seat. The yeah, hot the hot seat, seat yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like being on the hot seat, yeah. you know. <laughs> so tell us a little about your podcast. Uh, and I say, I may be saying the name wrong. Is it The More Than Milk Podcast? Yeah, it's The More Than Milk Podcast. Okay, I say yeah. that because like, that's the best way to find it. It's like, yeah. be specific on the word. Yes, wording, so. yes. Well, I will say this. When we were first trying to look up a name, or we, we came up with the name, uh, Ashton actually did. And we were trying to like, you know... Put, Find, make sure like no one else had this podcast right. out and every or had the name out. Uh, and we found more than milk, but it was breastfeeding. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so we were like, we no. want to put the in front of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Have, like Facebook on the social network when they had that movie. It's about, it was the Facebook at first. And then yeah. we changed the Facebook. Well, we're going to keep it the more than milk because yeah. we don't want to be associated yeah, with Yeah, I know. The that first time milk. I looked it up, I was like, okay, we're going to look this up. And I was, I was typing in, I think it was, I was like, yeah, more than milk. And I, yeah, I was yeah, looking yeah. it up and I was like, wait a second, this yeah. is not I the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for. So colloquially, we we kind of say more than milk, yeah. but you right. know, yeah. Okay. Um, but no, our podcast is, is um, it comes from like, comes from like two scriptures in the Bible. I think it's in Hebrews and in Corinthians where it's just about, you know, we want to, you know, want to get past like the milk of the word and get right. to the meat, you know. And so understanding like there's an importance of the, of, of the milk uh, of the word and like how that helps us grow and be healthy. But at a certain time, like we have to move past that and really talk about tough issues, issues that really no one really wants to confront, uh, issues that may seem unimportant, but kind of explaining how they really are. And just like from our perspective as young, educated, like black men, like kind of like, and Christians, you know, mm-hmm. most importantly, Christians, like how we can talk about issues that are important, but still like seek to honor God in yeah. that. And so we just wrapped up our first season, um, you know, so we're going to take a break over the summer because he lives in Pine Bluff and I mm-hmm. live in yeah. Jacksonville. So it's kind of like hard to record, try to get that recording done and everything. But, you know, hopefully I think we're going to we haven't really talked about this song. When I say this and he listens, he'll be like, why are you saying that? But, you know, <laughs> hopefully like September, October, we'll be looking to get started and actually have some uh, a bit more episodes. And I'm really excited for like what God's going to do through that. But it's really interesting. You should check it out. Uh, you know, we we are kind of like podcast family members, you know, yeah. like right, in yeah. the same vein and everything. So, yeah. Very cool, mm-hmm. man. And uh, so today we're going to be touching on a subject that's probably a super touchy subject, and I'm really <laughs> excited about it, to be honest, because I love touchy subjects. Yeah. We're talking about uh, race in church, and this is something you came up to me, because uh, I, I think we had talked about, like, hey, we should do a podcast yeah, together. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We yeah. have podcasts, why are yeah, we doing yeah, one yeah. together, you know? Yeah. And uh, you came up to me with this topic, so I'm going to let you take it away, but I'm mm. super excited to hear uh, what you have to say mm. on this, and I'm going to let you open it up, because I don't really have much prepared, because I'm just really excited to hear what you have to say <laughs> fine, about it, and I'm going to feed <laughs> off of that, too. But, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, I, well, I'll just say, like, for, you know, first of all, I appreciate y'all allowing me to be on here. We'll definitely have to get y'all on, for sure. Absolutely. And then, you let us know. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so, the thing is, like, so, let, let's just go. So, I was raped. First of all, I'm African American. If you didn't know, you can maybe you can tell by my voice. Maybe you can't. I don't know. You know, sometimes you can tell. Um, but the thing is, so I was raised in an, in an African American church. My dad, before my dad became a pastor, we went to African American church and all the different stuff. And so I was raised in Black church culture and all these different things. And you know, I would go to I would go to like predominantly white churches, but it kind of was you know it was like I would go wouldn't really notice it. Um, 
But then in college, I got involved with this wonderful student ministry, Chi Alpha, and it's been a real tremendous blessing in my life. As I started to get in college, like I started to find more things. I, I, I was trying to find like, okay, how can I address like the things that I'm feeling like in society about race and like, why doesn't the church really deal with that, you know, with different you know everybody has their take on these different things but like i know for me as a black man like seeing like police shootings and like just racism from different people like saying like oh go back to your country and like just all these different things is very hurtful you know in general but then when you see those things happen in the church and these people say that they love jesus you know it's kind of like okay well i worship god as a black man you know not to say that that's my main identifier but i mean that's part of my identity and you know and I, you worship, you worship God, but it seems like we're worshiping two different Jesuses because mm-hmm. the way that you practice and the way that you think that this is this goes is different than from the way that I do. And so, I did a whole lot of reading, a whole lot of soul searching, and really like just crying out to God and like trying to figure out, like you know, uh, how do I, how like do I like help the church address like this racial history and, and the racial present and the racial future of it, you know, cause I think um, there's just kind of like some really interesting things that you can get into when talking about it. I, like, I kind of want to, I kind of want to start it out just like this is uh, so there's this idea, you know, um, in social science about how black people are more uh, communal right. and very, you know, very like, you know, so when we talk about slavery, we talk about oppression and things like that. Uh, most most ethnic groups are like, OK, like this is something that we felt like, yes, it was our ancestors that did this, you know, and things like that, that experiences. But we still feel the burdens of this, mm-hmm. whereas white people, according to social science, are like individualistic. And so it's like I don't really have a connection uh, to those things um, and things like that. So. My question to you is like when you hear it brought up in the church, you know, about okay, like, you know, the church, you know, the white Christians need to deal with like their the racial history and like mm-hmm. in some ways repent for some of the things that the church right. has like propagated on black people, on Hispanic people and different things like that. How do you feel about that? Well, I think well, first of all, I want to say this. We were sitting in IHOP last night and it's hilarious yeah. you bring up about like communal versus individualistic. Yeah. Uh we were sitting in IHOP last night, and there was uh, a, a table that was like an African-American mm, yeah, uh, table, yeah. and one of the waitresses come up, and they just start busting up laughing. Like, these people don't even know each other, and they're yeah. busting up laughing. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sitting here looking at us like a, a white table, yeah. you know, and there's like this other like yeah. Caucasian white table, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. man, we don't have as much fun as they do. <laughs> like, we're sticks in the mud. Yeah. Like, we yeah. don't... Like, they just like... You guys have this like, way for five minutes. They were yeah, just, like, just laughing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. I'm yeah, like, yeah. man, like it's like a burden to us to have mm. to commune with other people. Yeah, like yeah, as yeah. a, and it's like it's just something yeah. ingrained in us yeah. almost. And like I feel like the African American culture can like never meet a stranger. Yeah, and like that's yeah. so. Cool. I was I was sitting yeah. there. I was like I was admiring that yeah. for a second. I was like, man, yeah, like. Why don't we have that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where is where are we missing that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, like, I want to completely like authenticate that on yeah. my on my you know very broad yeah. and scientific study of the IHOP <laughs> environment, <laughs> the petri dish that is yeah. IHOP at yeah. eleven o'clock at night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, uh, but uh, as far as like the cult, are we talking specifically like dealing with? Um, I guess like the past turmoil the black culture has been through and like as a mm. modern white man, how I've like, what, what do I feel whenever that's yeah. brought up in church? Yeah. I, well, I want to, yeah, I want to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, or if it was ever brought up in church, it, I don't know that it was brought up. I'm trying to think if it was brought up in church. I, so I grew up, my background, I've kind of like jumped around a lot. I grew mm. up predominantly. Well, I started as a kid in like a very, very conservative, like primarily white, like very like, Hyper traditional Baptist yeah, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually got yeah. kicked out of that church because my mom wore uh, dress jeans or dress pants instead of wearing a dress <laughs> one day. So we got kicked out of that church. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like I was pretty much ag. Mm. Uh, like we the band yeah. and stuff jumped around to a bunch of other stuff. But I grew up pretty much ag. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course all my time at uh, my last church I was at uh, was was a mixed culture church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, there was a couple of times I'm trying to think of, like, whenever I served in ministry, like, there's definitely some tension there where um, the, 
and I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the air. I'm going to use the terms white and black. I don't mean that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's easier yeah, yeah. than saying Caucasian and African Americans. <laughs> I'm clearing the air there easy, right now. Definitely easier. So, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was definitely a time where there was some some tension, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. because like, yeah. So uh, the church was. Um, the the staff was primarily white, mm-hmm. but there were um, people in the church that were, uh, I guess, like mixed race marriage, if you want to yeah. call it yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Not that we're not all yeah. that, but you yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like yeah. there was some yeah. Uh, yeah. black and white marriages. So there mm-hmm. was kind of both sides represented. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely a bit of tension in the fact of like the way the black culture ran things versus the white mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. And sometimes like I don't think white culture can can relate to yeah. like, kind of like that relational, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. the way they draw on each other, and we're kind of more, like you said, solitude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as bringing up past, I think that's more of like just growing up in the South that's yeah, been talked yeah, about. Yeah. And the primary, th- uh, the, the primary thing I hear with white culture is, uh, well, that didn't happen to them. Why should I, you know, yeah, like feel yeah, upset about yeah. what? Like I didn't yeah, do that. Yeah. Why should I care yeah. about that? Yeah. Why should I? I mean, yeah. Honestly, like, why should we? Yeah. Like. I don't think I've ever felt like heard anyone necessarily say like, "Oh, they just like it was nothing ever like negative." Mm. It was like, yeah. uh, it was almost like this discord of like we're not understanding the fact that um, like you guys understand that's yeah. not didn't happen directly to you. It's yeah. just it's a generational curse type yeah. thing. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, yeah. But there's definitely seeds of racism still sown into that, and oh, it's something yeah. I didn't realize yeah. growing up. You yeah. know, yeah. I was like, "Oh, racism's dead." When I was growing up, yeah. I seriously thought that. But yeah. I was a white guy, grew up in white. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. have that. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really actively around a mixed culture, whether yeah. that be you know black, white, Asian, Hispanic. Yeah. I grew up in a yeah. a private school. I was homeschooled, yeah. like. Um, until I was you know older, like that wasn't really my atmosphere. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess like. I never heard it like negatively as much as like almost like a not understanding of yeah. why. Yeah. Like why are we still like almost like they feel like they're being accused of something they didn't yeah. do. And that's yeah. kind of like where I guess the perspective that I had growing up was. Well, whenever I was in elementary school, I went to a predominantly black school. Mm-hmm. Um, but and so like I was raised Christian, but I didn't really go to church until I was in high school and then I was like yeah. super involved. Yeah. And so I've never really seen like a huge um discord between black and white Christians mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. But I just I I guess I don't really have like a lot of experience with mm. that. Yeah. Um yeah. I know in high school um, my youth pastor actually took our, um, youth group to a predominantly black church. Yeah. And like, we thought this was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And the only experience I can remember is that we were there and they didn't talk to us. Mm. Like only the mm. pastor, I don't even remember where the church was, but mm. like the pastor greeted us, but nobody like yeah. in the church yeah. talked to us. But yeah. that's really the only experience yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen with yeah. that. Yeah, I want to go back to something that you said, and I'll get to. So you were talking about like this idea of like being, you know, I don't want to put questions about, but no, almost like being a, like upset because right, like yeah. is you're being accused of something that you didn't do, yeah. and it's like, well, you didn't really experience it yourself. And I think that's something that's kind of like where. So there's two things. So there's like this blatant like racist right. side, like, right. and and I'll touch on that in a second. But I want to deal with this like this undercurrent of like, well, I didn't really do it. So you know, uh, you know, in the Bible, like speci- like deals with this specifically. It talks about how like you know we should remember the old things that happened in the past and things right. like that. It talks about how you know don't basically don't go back to those things that you know you've done before. You know, like move on to the future. You know. Um, it talks about how like we're to bear the burdens of those that you know are brothers and sisters in Christ and things like that. And so the inner the the thing is is like when when I hear that I have sympathy. Uh, you know me. This is something that me and my my girlfriend we talk about all the time is about how do you how do you like not make but how do people understand okay like there's this history and like yeah you didn't do it right um but because of the things that have happened the gap between the gap between where you're at necessarily and where i'm at in society is totally different right you know and it's not saying and i think at, at times you know uh, the discourse, you know, especially on like TV and CNN and, right. and Fox News, all that different stuff, is that well, it's either one way or the other. So it's it's kind of communicated in this way of like, well, all white people are bad. 
I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm making over generalizations, right? You know, yeah. um, or you know, you get the the Fox News side where it's like, oh, all black people are bad and all minorities mm-hmm. are bad, um, and then that kind of goes into the church because there's the there are these groups and these pastors um, and just members of the churches that are basically like, you know, we don't want you know black people in our church, and there's some black people that are like, we don't want white people in our church. Um, and so that is totally like out of line, out of pocket, like not even correct uh, at all. But I think the thing is the the way the way that I think racial reconciliation in the church is going to happen is by dealing with that the thing that you touched on. How do we really deal with this this sort of guilt that we have to that, right. that, that that white people really have to grapple with because of the history of this country when it comes to race and then black people not to be and not to say like you want to engage in respectability politics or just be like oh well you know I'm going to like assage or, or massage your ego or whatever but how to call things out in love mm-hmm. and so like right. the 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 body of Christ like is meant to edify and build one another up. Right. But when you when you say like dealing with racial justice, you know, is is heretical. Mm-hmm. When you say that's like not orthodoxy or not theology, then like you're kind of just basically saying like the pain that you feel isn't Christ like. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jesus, you know, Jesus dealt with this all the time. You know, you, you talk about with the Samaritan woman. He talks about you know like there's not going to be this. Anymore, like basically, like it's not you're not going to worship in Samaria, you're not going to worship exactly. worship in Jerusalem. Yeah. It's going to be spirit and truth. You know, it talks about many times in uh, in Paul's letters and in Revelations how you know uh, there's not going to be Greek or Jew. You know, mm-hmm. it talks about how the gospel is for everyone, to the Jew first, also mm-hmm. to the Greek, to the Gentiles, all those different things. And so, you know, I think that's kind of where we we have to really like train our mindsets for. But the question is, and and like I throw this back to you, like. What is it? What is so again? Like I grew up in a predominantly right. uh, black space, and and I'm because there's something you said about how you know when you went to the went to the black church, and you know, uh, what and and you, you guys predominantly white, mm-hmm. did, y'all went there, and they didn't really speak to you, which is interesting because of this is that you know most of the time you don't hear about yeah. white people going to black churches. It's usually right. the opposite, and so I guess and you can throw this back at me or, or whatever, ask different questions you want to. But I think the question is, is like, how do we, how do we embody like the kingdom, the, the kingdom, right. you know, on earth is, if it's going to say, you know, like there's not going to be this. So how do, how do you think we should acknowledge like, you know, okay, yes, you're black, you're white, you're Hispanic, you're Latino, whatever. Uh, but at the same time saying, okay, like we're still like, the right. Body, well, know? so I think a big thing is uh, it's what you identify as. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for one, before I touch on that, I think, and this is just a, a personal opinion, and mm-hmm. I want I want you to share with me if you feel this is right. Yeah. I think there. I mean, there's a huge discord, obviously, but I yeah, think yeah. the discord comes from the black culture doesn't feel the white culture um, respects what they've come through to get where they're at because yeah. they've had to work hard yeah. for that. Yeah. And I think the white culture sees the black culture as looking as if um, they want something for nothing because of what their ancestors went through. Yeah. What I would say that that's probably the, the that's the genesis, well, not the genesis, the, the whatever, I can't even think right now. That is like, that's the thesis of the argument. Right, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you have the white culture who's like, I don't want to, um, you know, like, I don't want to feel like I've, done something wrong because like i don't feel that way toward mm-hmm. them yeah, yeah and then the black culture yeah. is like no you don't understand like we're still trying to get out of this yeah, you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. the there's a reason that um government housing is full of you know like these primarily black families mm-hmm. it's not yeah. because like oh they're not trying to work to get off their you know to get off their butts it's not the uh, you well, know, they're I, not lazy well it's, i said this i say um, i hate to interrupt you but i'll say this a lot of times in in white culture in church culture and i'm not saying this is predominantly but the majority of you like if you look at like how people view you know uh wealth people in welfare and people in public housing and things like that they view them as lazy they oh view yeah absolutely them, they view them as that and so the thing is like a lot of people don't feel that way like mm-hmm. you're saying like you're saying a lot of people don't think that that is uh you, a lot of black people that are on those uh you know programs aren't lazy they aren't doing mm-hmm. that stuff because they the government has made some things where you can't do that anymore right um but the overall identity 
like you said, right. is that. But my bad, I didn't mean to. No, you're you, good. Yeah, and I think it's like, um, you know, like we don't realize that there was you. There's a handicap there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, people are in government housing because their great grandparents, you know, had yeah. to struggle to get to exist to go to school in a yeah. basic area. Like, yeah. you know, there's an educate there uh, up until recently, like. Uh, you know, there's an educational gap there. There's yeah. a there's a financial gap there yeah. that's that was put on in place because if you think about it in terms of like time passing, yeah. the United States isn't that old. Yeah, uh, segregation's <laughs> not. not that old. No. Like in the grand scheme of things. No. And so yes, there's still that gap, and I think um the white culture like things just kind of just migrated for them a little bit, but yeah, they kind of yeah. kept going the way they yeah, were going anyway. Yeah, yeah. And black culture had to make a huge shift and they yeah. had to fight for what they have. Yeah. And so white culture kind of looks at it as like, man, it's been like this long. Like, why yeah. are we still having yeah. to deal with this? Yeah. It's like, we don't understand, you know, right. like there's a huge misunderstanding on mm-hmm. both sides. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, that's yeah. like, if you like take it back down to the perspective of like one lifetime, mm-hmm. if you had a severe handicap for 30 years of your life or 40 yeah. years of your life, yeah. you're only left with half your life left. Yeah. Of course, you're going to have a later start than everyone else. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. all these other people out here having full careers and everything, mm-hmm. you're just getting started on basic education yeah. because you had a, you know, there was a, a time of being crippled where you mm-hmm. weren't able to do mm-hmm. what everyone yeah. else was. So you yeah. had a setback. And yeah. so um, I think that the white culture doesn't acknowledge that enough. Yeah. And then at the same time, I think black culture uh, views white culture as maybe uh, apathetic in a lot of the way. And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes they are. I think there's a lot of white yeah. culture that is apathetic. Yeah. And I think there is some black culture that plays on the, yeah. the burdens of their ancestors. Yeah. But collectively, I think it's a lack of communication. I'm scared mm-hmm. of offending each other. Yeah. Because yeah. so often it's hard to have, have a civil conversation like yeah, this yeah. and say, like, yeah. tell me your heart. Let yeah. me hear your frustrations. Let me yeah. tell you mine. Let's not get yeah. mad at each other and try to find a common ground. Yeah. And I think the church um, is really good at suppressing mm. the idea of cultural division in the name of yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But to kind of go back to what I uh, what I almost ran out the gate with here yeah. on this, but like yeah. what I was thinking of yeah. is uh, I think that it's it depends on what you identify as. Yeah. And politically and economically, yeah. um, we're told to identify as our race first. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know... I'm a white man. Like when you sign the paper, yeah. it's I'm, you know, check yeah. the box. Yeah. And uh, I think in our minds and because of what we see all the time, mm-hmm. we we instantly want to identify as our skin color. Mm-hmm. And I think the church has tried to suppress that idea. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we need to be trying to promote the idea of identify first as a Christian. And if yeah. you can get that on the plate, if you can filter conversations yeah. through the eyes of yeah. I'm I'm a believer of Christ, we yeah. are we are brothers and sisters, yeah. you know. Yeah. If you if you peel back the layer, we're the same. Yeah. And and like, you know, get to the core of things, which is mm-hmm. Christ in us, yeah. then we can face a lot of these issues. Yeah. Um but because uh of the division of race and politics mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just our different circumstances in life, I think that we we filter a lot of things through that. Uh, instead of through Christ, and so like yeah. and it comes out really prevalent on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh god, yes, yeah. you know, because you can say anything on social media, yeah. and it's like it's almost like there's this discord or like this disconnect yeah. of like, oh, that's not really them, that's social yeah. media them, yeah, yeah, and then you can see each other in church, and yeah, you're just like, yeah. how are you today? And it's like, <laughs> let's not even talk about the yelling match yeah. we just yeah, got yeah. onto online, you exactly. know, exactly. And uh, anyway, just to kind of sum up what I was saying, there's like I think churches do a good job of may or I think churches are. Uh, eloquent in suppressing the idea mm-hmm. of racial of racial yeah. discord yeah. but i don't think they do a good job of addressing yeah. racial yeah. discord and yeah, i think yeah. that's where the battle has to be fought if you look yeah. back through history yeah. uh it's always been fought positively through the yeah. eyes of christianity yeah. through yeah, the yeah. eyes of yeah. like the basic teachings of christ yeah and i think we've got to get to that again instead yeah. of just suppressing it and and letting yeah. The political stances push the agendas because <laughs> you know that that's yeah. not going to bring harmony the way exactly. it needs to be in my opinion exactly but so I think so. You, you told me hit on some great points. The one thing that I would say is that racism is sin. Yes, and, absolutely. And like prejudice is sin. And so the way that we deal with sin is the in the church. You know, is like you know Paul says like you know confess your faults one to another. You know, like 
like Christ is going to, and I think I said this earlier from the beginning, Christ is coming back for a perfect bride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the church is going to have to be purified of all the sin, all the, the evil that we have done. You know, you talked about, you know, like sexual abuse in the church in one of your mm-hmm. earlier episodes. You talked about like what isn't community and things like that. You talk about a lot of different things and like all of these things can kind of center around, you know, what what needs to be purified out mm-hmm. of the church in order to really address and in, in order to be that perfect bride. Right. Um, the th- and I think the thing is, is, is that for people like for my, uh, minorities, people of color that are Christians, they, f- for the most part, understand that racism is a sin that the church is going to have to get mm-hmm. out of. Because I know when we were talking on the phone, uh, I think well, last week we talked about how, you know, like, you know, the the church was used to uh to uh qualify or to push pull, to hold up the institution of slavery right, in this yeah. country and you know and you know but also it was used as abolitionists to say you know slavery right. is wrong but even and the thing the, the crazy thing is even in that same token of like saying like slavery is wrong th- they were still saying that you know like black people weren't made in the image of god which i'm going right. to get i'm going to get to that in a second um and so then you have you have in the civil rights movement of the 60s, you have white churchgoers and white pastors saying, you know, hey, like, uh, you really shouldn't, you really shouldn't talk about racism. And basically, like, God wants us to be separated. Like, I did a whole project uh, on Southern millennials in the church, which I, we, maybe they, maybe once I get that fully, fr- I can come back on to talk about that <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I was reading, it was a history, it was kind of a history thing. It talks about how, like, you know, the, the, uh, that southern church go southern white church goers basically say you know like our church is going to be white is going to be christian is going to be sexist and yeah. sexism that's a whole another oh, issue yeah. in the yeah. church <laughs> um but then you also have people like dr king uh dr ralph abernathy like all these different black pastors and even also white pastors and things that they mm-hmm. coming together and saying you know what christ in christ there's no racism there's no prejudice there's no room for that there's no toleration of it um the so the thing is like we have to acknowledge that racism is a sin right. first. Um but the thing is in order when you, when it comes to racism as a sin that means we have to repent. Yeah. Right. And the thing is is that whether you are whether you're black and you've perpetuated racism and prejudice in the church against white churchgoers or you're white or you're Hispanic or, or Asian whatever and you've if you perpetuate racism or prejudice, you have to repent. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, on this issue, not a whole lot of people want to repent of the repent of the of not even just like you know the the I'm not even talking about like the big oppression things right. because I think yeah. because some some denominations have uh, come out and started to repent uh, for for those things. I'm talking about individualistically, like. The when we when we see that and but the other thing too is you talked about how do we address these things so um when when you think about like how to address an issue uh you know it talks about how you it talks about how we have to go one to another mm-hmm. and I think on an individual level a lot of black people's problem with addressing racism is kind of like you know you they. Fairly or unfairly, and even myself, I've been guilty of this too. Is saying, "Well, white people should already know." Mm-hmm. It's been right. two hundred. It's been four hundred years in this country. Uh, being like when they first settled here in Virginia, sixteen twenty was when the first slaves mm-hmm. got sixteen nineteen sixteen twenty was when the first slaves got here. It's been here for a while. They know it's been here. You're taught it, and all these different things. But the thing is, is that be, because because the majority of white people don't want to address it. Yeah. Then they kind of put it on the back burner, yeah. and so they don't know. And so most white kids raised in predominantly white culture, they aren't going to know. Whereas me, as an African American, being a millennial, I know all of this history right. and even more stuff because I've read it, studied it. My parents, well, yeah, told and me. you identify yeah. as, it. and I, mean, I identify right. as it, and it comes back down to identity. And so you know, when Christ, when Christ saw the Samaritan woman, this is, I really love that example of where he deals with it. Cause there's a whole bunch of different stuff about her womanhood, mm-hmm. about her status in life and all these different things. But Jesus basically, when he came as a Samaritan woman, he said, I acknowledge you as a Samaritan woman, but I'm still going to love you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in, in Christ as the church, kind of like what you were saying, you know, we have to see each other as Christians. Mm-hmm. Like we can't see each other outside of that vein because if we 
call on the name of Jesus, we call on the same Jesus, then we're Christians. Um, but it shouldn't be to support like you said, to suppress the blackness or suppress the whiteness or whatever it is, you know, because that's part of our identity because that's what God made us as, you know. But at the same time, when 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 you're in a setting, so let's take a predominantly white church, for example, you know, when you go in there, if I go in there as a black person saying, okay, this is the church that I'm going to go to and stuff like that, it should be that we're going to not to say like, oh, we're just going to let every culture come in and dictate what we're going to do. Right. But there should be things that there should be things that, you know, help them advance because the way that black Christians identify with, you know, their faith is different than the way that white Christians identify with their faith in a sense of like their expression and their worship right. and yeah. prayer and different things like that. You know, there's difference with the way that, you know, Latino Christians and Asian Christians and even Christians uh, or Christians that come from the Middle East, from a Muslim, mm-hmm. from Muslim backgrounds, and everything. there's different ways that they all worship, you know, and what can happen is when you're in a, a space where it's predominantly one race, say, okay, well, you come in, but you're still going to, like, yeah, you're going to kind of conform to what we do, but it shouldn't be where you have to suppress who you are yeah. as, in Christ. You well, know what I'm saying? And I think that, like, going off of that, yeah. uh, you have the the scripture that talks about, like, you know, what a hand say to the head, like, yeah. I don't want to be a hand anymore, or, yeah. you know, what the foot say to the arm, like, I'm not going to be a foot, you know, mm-hmm. like... Uh, I think that a lot of times we put that as um, your talents and your gifts, yeah. but I think that goes deeper than that. I think yeah, that goes yeah. literally to who you are as an individual. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's um, beauty in the fact that Christ is coming back for a unified church. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's easy for us to build walls of like, you get a group of um, white people together. And of course, you know, like their way of doing it. You have a white pastor and a white staff. It's mm-hmm. going to attract white people because yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what they're yeah. used to. Because neighborhood, neighborhoods determine the type of church going you Right, have yeah, to, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's what they're going to feel comfortable in that yeah, environment. Yeah. They're used to it. It's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just like hanging out at the family reunion. Like, yeah, it's, it's what they've grown yeah, up yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they're, they're kind of, you know, uh, by just birth, that's like, that's yeah. their accustomed. And so they go in there, and I think it's easy for when something else comes in, that may be a little different or a little mm-hmm. strange. It's easy to to pigeonhole that as bad or wrong or mm-hmm. out of line yeah. because it's different. Well, yeah, it's completely different yeah. than what they're used to, yeah. and they have this one mentality, and they've kind of built their mm-hmm. little package around yes. this one mentality. Yes. And then whenever something comes and starts trying to unravel that and expose yeah. it to the outside world, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and one thing is like so you talk about how how you know they call things that are different that are wrong. We as Christians, and I'm sure you've all has mentioned this before. We got to stop calling things that are different unbiblical. Oh yeah, because absolutely. you know I think whether it's you think about like different types of music, you know that people might say that's unbiblical or something like that, or different types of activities that people say, and the word doesn't talk about that, right? You know, and there are some things like racial equality and racial justice and all those different things that the church does specifically say, okay, you should care about the oppressed, about the downtrodden right. and all these different things. And we kind of like, just be like, oh, Jesus didn't say that. Or, you know, Jesus is talking about, oh, you know, for example, you know, the the one of my biggest pet peeves and the Lord has dealt with me on this and on how to see it the right way. But one of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, like the people that go overseas, mainly white Christians and do missionary work in Africa and South America and stuff. But it's like, you don't want these people in your church or you don't want these people in, you know, you don't think that they have something to share with you or whatever, but you're willing to go overseas and say, oh, Jesus loves you and all this different stuff. But you don't really say that for the people that look the same way back at home. And it's kind of like, you no. I have a pet we peeve about that too. About <laughs> I have a huge pet peeve about weekend missionaries. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're that's completely for you. You're yeah. not trying to branch out and help anyone. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to, you know, have your um uh your come to Nirvana meeting, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and there's I say that and like uh, for example, my, my girlfriend and Kai Alpha, they're going on a mission trip. And like I've been on the mission trip, so I know like, okay, they're not just, you know, like over right. here, like, you know, whatever. But there are some but even even in that, you see like this you see like this mentality, you know, of okay, I'm over here and there's these little black children and like I love them and like they're so cute, so adorable, and God loves you and he wants the best for you and all this different stuff. But then you come back and then and then it's like, you know, it's it, 
you're kind of kind of cold, kind of weird towards, you know, black people that are in your ministry. Mm -hmm. And to me, you know, when I see that, I'm like, okay, well, you were this way over in Africa, but you're another way when you're back home. So so it's kind of weird. Well, even outside of church, like whenever you come home and like you're walking down the street, like your mind shifts and like you go back to like the ways that you had, you know, the prejudice ways you have. And it's like, or you're telling these little, you know, black babies, like God loves them, (laughs) but you won't tell the person you're walking across the street from. And it's like, I don't know why that shifts. I don't know if it's like guilt or... (laughs) So let let me touch on that for a second, because I think maybe that comes down to these little black babies in Africa, they have no racial disposition to you. They have no idea of the, the cultural, like, hell you know that america has been through and so it's easy to love someone who you don't have to be like like i mean this goes back to like uh what i was saying about Mm -hmm. how white people think black people are genuinely mad at them and like so over there there is no um there is none of that it's like i can love on this child and i'm offering myself to this child who has who doesn't have what i've had you know and like i can pour out love to them and share christ but coming back here it's almost like you know, checking your bags at the door, you come back and you yeah. pick back up your, your suitcase, kind of like what you were saying, <laughs> yeah. of your racism or whatever. Yeah. And, well, it's not uh, even racism. I wouldn't even go to say it's racism. It's just, it, it literally is like this thing of, okay, like these black children and like the black people over in Africa or like the Latino people in South America, South and Central America or Asian people in Southeast Asia and all the different stuff, they aren't a threat. Right, exactly. They aren't a threat. But here, because, you know, we live in a country of of a qual or that says it's about a quality. Right. It's striving uh, to get there, man. It's striving to get there. It's striving to get there. You're right. Uh but we live in a country of equality and you know when you say, okay, hey, you know, okay, black people now now you become a threat because it's like because some people, you know, there's this quote, you know, like some people think that equality is oppression. And I don't really subscribe to that mentality all entirely. But in in ways that because when you make other people equal, the people mm-hmm. that were privileged almost always think okay well this is a threat to me right because all of this comes down to all of this comes down to like it's selfish it's prideful Absolutely. it's egotistical it's it's uh it's sinful yeah and when we act in sin we will do whatever it takes to make sure that we the flesh will do whatever it takes to make sure that that me being in my flesh is still taken care of. Right. Whereas well, because we, we're, we're comfortable. Yeah. We're a comfortable yeah. nation. Yes. And yes. anything that disrupts our comfort in society is deemed as bad. Yes. You know, we've like even church has used that to their or not to say to their advantage. The Western uh, ideal of church has even like kind of reworded what God has said at times yeah. to yeah. try to conform to our comfort yeah. trap mentality yeah. that we have exactly. in America, the American dream, you yeah, know, the yeah, comfort yeah. trap. Which we'll get to that later. Yeah, we're going to get to that one. <laughs> but uh, I think that that's like, that's the key there is, yeah. is there's this, um, everyone's out for what's in it for themselves. And anything mm-hmm. that try to, tries to disrupt that, even within church, you know, mm-hmm. and you were going back to talking about how like uh, when people of different uh I guess like race and religion and everything come into the church. I think we touched on that just for a second yeah. a, a bit ago. Uh, it, I think it's important for us to remember that we have this Western ideal of church, yeah. but Christianity is an Eastern religion yes. originally. You know, like if we it was, were to, it's a Middle Eastern religion, right? That, based that, on another Middle Eastern yeah, religion, yeah, exactly. They exactly. branched off from another Eastern. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. there's history to that. Yeah, and uh, I think like if we were to take the perspective of what we have taken Western culture. Uh, and this is like just broad scoping outside of even just yeah. race. Yeah. Uh, we take Western culture church, and if we were to look at it through the lens of like Jesus originally was in like Eastern world, yeah. like we would realize like he was serious. Yeah, like there's there's a lot yeah. more to this, yeah. and we kind of try to fit our Christianity around yeah. our beliefs, yeah. and in reality, it should be the other way around. Yeah. You know. Well, you uh, one interesting thing going back to the Samaritan woman again. I love that story no, yeah, when it comes absolutely. when it comes to this, but. The disciples came up to him and was basically, "Why are you white talking to the Samaritan mm-hmm. woman?" One, she was a woman. Yep. So that's the first thing. Two, she was a Samaritan, and three, you know, she was a woman that you know we would call a hoe, basically yeah. in today's society. You know, uh, you know, just basically like going around sleeping with all these different men. That was kind of blunt, you know. But anyways, 
the point I was going to make with this was that Jesus basically said, it does not matter what you come in as. Like, yeah, like this is your identity. Right. But like in Christ, like I'm going to give you a new identity. Yeah, that's good. In, in, what is it? Second Corinthians five seventeen was like if any man or woman be in yep. Christ they're a new creation yep. like all things old things have passed away you know and just to touch on one more thing I know we probably have to wrap up soon or whatever oh, you're good. but um I want to go back there's a story in the Bible where it talks about the Tower of uh, Babel mm-hmm. and how like you know God says you know, God says you know basically like if these people are one you know then you know like I'm going basically like they're going to achieve whatever it is you know uh. Don't think that the devil doesn't know that. That yeah. if the church becomes one, you know, then it will be unstoppable in terms of accomplishing the kingdom of the oh, kingdom yeah. of Christ. Absolutely. And so if if all else fails, if the church gets rid of pride, if the church gets rid of anger, if the church gets rid of strife and disunity and let's let's say the devil gets rid of I mean God gets rid of everything else in the church. The one thing that the devil knows is that he can use my skin color and your skin color oh, yeah. to divide us. Yeah. And that's the thing is like all of this is is that the enemy when it comes to like racial disunity in the church and like really trying and you know there's some the reason why people call it cultural marxism when the when the church when black Christians or white Christians try to deal with racial injustice or, you know, when they say like oh you're heretical or you're you're anti-orthodoxy and all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's in it because it's from Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's honestly what it is. And Satan wants to divide the church in any way possible because he knows if there's a church unified, you know, it talks about how, you know, like the hell should not stand against my church, you know? And so this is just one way, but it, it honestly is the most damaging way because there, are, I, and I can't really go into it that much, but in the project that I've been doing on Southern millennials, a lot of Southern millennials that aren't religious say like, you know, or, and millennials in general say, you know, well, it's, it's the racism of the church that I don't like, right? you know, or, you know, there are some black Christians and some white Christians that have literally left the church and said, I'm not going to my church anymore because, you know, of, of, there's political reasons, but because of the lack of addressing of racism mm-hmm. in the church, and if the enemy will use whatever he can, oh, yeah. and this is and and especially in today's day and age, with with the world becoming more and more secular and more and more people leaving the church, he will use this over and over again because he knows that this is a touchy subject, yeah. and he and people know. Like, you know, it talks about how, like, you know, the world sometimes knows the Bible and the Christ better than we do. There's so many Christians when it comes to, like, racial stuff and, like, you know, white Christians not really addressing it. They'll say, well, Jesus says this is about uh, people of different races. This is what the Bible says about this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it talks about treat the stranger that's in, tr- treat the stranger that's in your country uh, better than you treat yourself. You know, mm-hmm. we ought to esteem others better, high, more highly than we treat ourselves. Like all these different things. The world knows this. Satan knows this. Why doesn't the church? And so I think for me, like the thing is, is like the church is going to have to repent. Everybody's going to have to mm-hmm. repent. Like yeah. not just white Christians. You know, I think every person, because in, in many ways, like, uh, Every ethnic group has perpetuated a prejudice um, in the church, but it's just that, like, in some ways, and this is going to be maybe controversial to some people, I don't really care, though, uh, white supremacy and all these things have been propagated by the church. And the the church has been used as a vehicle to advance slavery, to advance racism, to advance segregation, all these different things. And so... If there isn't a repentance of those things, if there's a repentance of the a true repentance of the heart, then the then the church is still going to deal like with this racist with the, with racism in its you know walls and is going to like well, yeah, affect the gospel. I think know? a lot of times churches use like oh well we have black members in our congregation it's like a crush. <laughs> it's like the black friend <laughs> right yeah I like, got black man friends. I'm not racist I got that black friend you know no it's I, I've literally heard it's a that lot deeper than that like <laughs> recently I yeah. have heard that yeah. it's it's like. Yeah, we're trying to uh, culturally diversify our church so we look more appealing, you yeah. know. Uh, and, and it's not about appealing. It's about it, it's about the gospel, and it's about really making the gospel real on earth. And yeah. not to cut you off, but I'm just no, going to put that in there. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So um, some of this stuff we'll touch on this next episode here we're about to record, yeah. uh, which you guys will catch the week after. <laughs> um, uh, if you had one more thing, if you had one thing that could... Uh, abolish racism either be on black or white what is the one key factor we need to start focusing on um just it within the church what mm. is the one thing that 
the black culture, the white culture, Asians, Eastern, whatever it is. What is the and obviously that's Jesus, but like how do we put Dang, that? You took my I know. No, that, we, but no, how I, do we put that into practice? You know, like how do we identify as Christians yeah. first? And I know that should be like yeah. common sense, yeah, but how yeah, do yeah. we do it? You okay. know what I mean? Okay. Well, when it comes to race, I think the thing is, is you know. In honest, in honest, like I can't give a description. I can't tell you there's a book to read. I can't right. tell you there's a person to listen to because even those people are flawed and they right. have their own problems. I honestly think that Jesus was was the most perfect man and he uh, did things in the most biblical, loving way possible. And so if we look at Jesus' life, he he never turned any anybody down. He always spoke the truth in love yep. and he always made time to listen and to hear. And so... The thing is, we, well, I think what is it? In James, it talks about we need to be quick, uh, slow to speak, whatever it is. Yep. Like, yeah. You know you know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. It's in James 1. Go read James 1 19. Um, <laughs> go read it yourself. <laughs> but um, it talks about, you know, basically we need to listen and we need to understand. And there's so many scriptures I can run down a list. But Jesus walked as a, as a man who always, who always listened, yep. who, who, never was unloving. And so in being unloving, that means being willing to accept correction, yeah. to repent and and to acknowledge and to be able to uh see and experience something different from you. Yeah. Um but at the same time be yourself. Yeah. Cuz Jesus was always himself. He always acted in the spirit of God. And so the one thing I would say to everyone in the church and when it comes to like addressing racism or anything really is you have to love. Yeah. You have to love because if you, if you don't love and if, and if you don't see people made in the image of God, this is what I was touching on earlier is that if, you know, if you don't see me as a, a black person is made in the image of God, if I don't see you, Elena, as a woman made in the image of God or you as a man made in the image of God, then I, I can't love you. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to see people made in the image of God with all their words, all their flaws, all their identity, all encompassing, because that's how Jesus sees us. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing that he wants to erase. There's nothing that he wants to get rid of. Everything is, it's all encompassing and it's whole. And the church has to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Brian, thank you so much for one, for, just, for having this conversation, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I think I, appreciate uh, it. Thank you. I think it's needed, so yeah. desperately needed, and, yeah. and that's like our challenge. To I didn't say nothing too crazy, did I? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, crazy's good. Uh, if anything else, like let this be a challenge to all of us to yeah. go yeah. and start having these conversations in a civil and through the lens of Christ, and let's let's face this thing and let's mm. let's progress. Love know? people, love love people. people. Once again, this conversation may have been two years ago, but it's a conversation we are still needing to have. And there's a reason why this message, what Brian spoke with us just two years ago, still spoke to us now. And this is a conversation that we still need to have. So let's just leave you with this. Our final parting words on that episode was go have the honest conversations and just love your neighbor, love each other. And guys, even more so right now, please go. Don't be insensitive. Don't turn a blind eye. But if you open yourself up and just listen to what's going on around us, you can't help but have some form of compassion and love for the situation to want to see Christ active in this and want to see positive change. That starts in each and every one of us, despite our race, age, gender. It starts in every single one of us. So guys, go love on someone today. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be a little reckless. We'll We'll talk talk soon. soon.